Hello, and welcome to The Uncertainty Principle. This is a science comedy podcast brought to you by the Curio Network. I am, as always, am your uh, marine biologist co-host, Dr. Taryn Lobenstein. And I'm your physicist co-host, Dr. Ben McAllister. So every month, one of us uh, will do some research on a science topic, and then we will sort of teach the other one about it in real time. It's sort of like uh, one person serves as a sounding board, and you, the audience, will learn along with us. In this case of today, that's me. I am learning along with you. So it's not just a boring science lecture. We do try to have some fun. Uh, We look at the overlaps of the science with history, politics, and culture, and use those as a lens through which we explore the science. Anyway, that's enough of intro for now. Uh, This month, Ben has been doing the research, and he has left me completely in the lurch. (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about today. Usually I have at least a one-word summary, but I got nothing today. Yeah, like, usually we tell each other what the topics are that we're researching, but for whatever reason, I literally, I have no idea why. Like, this month I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to let Taryn find out live on air. Like, it's not especially salacious or anything. I mean, yeah, th- uh. those of you who are looking at the at the, sh- at the show notes, like, already know this because you've, like, God, it's the title of the episode. Yeah, exactly. The out. listeners in the future know when you don't, but that's okay. <laughs> well, let me, before we, before we tell you what the topic is, uh, Taryn, let me just ask you. When you were yeah. a child, what what kind of kid were you? You know how there were some kids who were like Ooh. into like pirates, or like they were like into like <laughs> princes and princesses, or there were kids who uh-huh. were into like space. What kind of kid were you? Uh, I mean, I was really into dolphins, which probably yep, is not a we surprise. exhaustively documented on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I whenever I, it was like my birthday. People would say, like, what should we get you? And I'd just say, dolphin stuff. So I have, like, a clock that's got dolphins, my bedspread. I have stuffed animals. That was really my thing. So you have a very firm answer to this question, and it's that you were a dolphin girl. That's fantastic. (laughs) Well, well, Taryn, let me tell you what kind of kid I was, because I think that's going to be informative about the topic of this this month's episode. I was, at least partially, a very familiar kind of kid, Known as a dinosaur kid. We're doing dinosaurs. Today, Taren, Fuck we're yes! talking about dinosaurs. <laughs> that's Let's right. go. I'm pumped. Yes, that's right. It's dinosaur time. Dinos are. So in you were the a house. dino kid. That was your thing. I mean, kind of. It was like one of several things. I mean, I was. I was also a space kid. I was also like into bugs and stuff. But you like, were multifaceted. Yeah, no. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I contain multitudes. Um, but yeah, like dinosaurs for sure, man. I mean, what's not to like? They're like cool, oh. cool guys. Very They're cool. so old. Oh, yeah, God. Big, big old, big old guys. Um, all right. So before we get into my first section, which I'm calling dinosaurs, who, what, when, where, why, um, <laughs> I would like you to just tell me, like, what do you know about dinosaurs, Taryn? Like, what do you think about dinosaurs? Oh, boy. Well, um... I don't know a ton. I was not a dino kid, as previously discussed, but I mean, I really like Jurassic Park. I feel like (laughs) my mental imagery is a lot informed by that movie. Uh, And being at like museums and just seeing those big old bones and being like, those guys were old. I appreciate them. I believe they died in some sort of like asteroid incident. I've seen a lot of comics to that effect. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. Revealing the gaps in my knowledge here. No, I mean, that's 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 enough. All right, so let's jump in to dinosaurs. Okay. Who, what, when, where, why. Uh, so, the very first thing you got to know about dinos, if you're going to be a dino person, is okay. that the word dinosaur was coined uh, by Sir Richard Owen in 1841, and it literally means terrible lizard. <laughs> which what the I just think <laughs> is 
It's so funny. Oh, these are these great and terrible lizards. <laughs> like, like, it obviously means terrible in the context of, like, they will have yeah. been, like, I don't know, like, dangerous, like, awful, like, to, to, to you know, anyway. I just think it's amazing. But I like the terrible. idea of it just being, like, these fucking lizards. A value lizards. judgment? Yeah, these yeah. lizards are terrible. God damn it, they suck. As far as lizards are concerned, these ones suck. Um... <laughs> Yeah, okay, so, I mean, that, that's that's what the name means, but if we were going to try and describe them a bit more, I mean, part of the reason it's hard to describe dinosaurs is because they uh, are extremely diverse, an extremely diverse group of reptiles. So, like, who and what? Terrible lizards, ancient reptiles. We'll talk a little bit more specifically about what some of these ancient reptiles were a little bit later, um, but let, let's address the when right now. So, when was actually over a really, really long time, essentially... Well, there's three main periods of like Earth's history where dinosaurs are hanging out. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the Triassic, the Jurassic, and the Cretaceous period, uh, beginning about 240-ish million years ago. But they became like the dominant species after the um, Triassic-Jurassic extrin- extinction event. Was that that asteroid guy that I'm thinking about? Well, no, actually, we, we don't really know what the Triassic-Jurassic extinction event was. Um, oh, wow. th- there's different theories, but like, you know, asteroid is one of them. We don't really know what it is. That was about 200 million years ago, and that's when dinosaurs became dominant so they existed a little bit before that but they became like the dominant species after that and hung out for those three eras i mentioned triassic jurassic cretaceous which ended about 66 million years ago with the cretaceous um paleogene extinction event which we'll we'll talk about a bit later in the show because that's obviously you know the end of the dinosaurs and that was about 66 million years ago so timeline 240 to about 66 million years ago i know right Yeah, 180 million years. Broadly speaking, that whole era is what we call the Mesozoic era of Earth. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's roughly when dinos were kicking around. Now, there's an important distinction I have to draw here that maybe some of our listeners will have already got ahead of me on. When I say, like, that's when they ended about 66 million years ago, it's not really true. Because, like... I don't know if you know this, Taryn, as an evolutionary biologist, you might. Hmm. We know that, like, modern day birds are yes. literally, they are literally dinosaurs. Birds are dinosaurs! Yes, yeah. they, they are, like, they are, like, taxonomically considered modern feathered dinosaurs. They evolved in the late Jurassic period, and they are, like, the descendant lineage after the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event, they're the only like descendant lineage of dinosaurs. So when we say the dinosaurs were extinct, like after that period, we're talking about the non-avian dinosaurs. We'll come back to that a little bit later, oh. but you can essentially roughly break up dinosaurs into the ones that were like lizards and the ones that are like birds. Okay. I like that though, because you know, there's a lot of annoying birds in Australia. There are some beautiful birds. I, I know a lot of bird people and I don't want to offend any of them. There's some excellent birds in Australia. But some of them kind of suck a little bit, and they make yeah. really annoying sounds when I'm trying to work. Like or they swoop you when instance, you're on your bike, like magpies. Or they swoop you like magpies. And so yeah. I think it'll make me feel a little bit kinder towards them, knowing that like they're just really like they're descended from dinosaurs. So I should just have a little respect yeah. instead of just being irked at their presence. Sl- slash they literally are dinosaurs they they are the remaining dinosaurs on the planet earth i mean that's just kind of awesome that's Um, crazy the other thing that's cool about this is that i looked into this because i was like wait a minute when i was reading about this so birds are apparently technically reptiles (laughs) like that's 
That's a, yeah, it's kind of like an interesting side yeah. fact. Yeah, birds are apparently, like, by some, like, very broad biological definition, technically reptiles. So there you go. Um, yeah. So there were all kinds of dinosaurs. This is the thing. When I said they were diverse, diverse reptiles, I wasn't kidding. Uh, there, there were some who were feathered, some who weren't feathered. There were some who would fly. That's a little bit... Mm, we'll come back to that a actually a little bit later. Yeah, you so know, we'll come back to that the... Old boy. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to the pterodactyl specifically okay. uh, relatively shortly. Uh, some that would swim. We'll talk about them a bit later. Uh, some were really big, like, like you know, 10-ish meters big. Some were really, the really T-Rex. small, like hand span size. Yeah. But, like, they were just, like, the dominant creatures on the Earth during this period from about 200 million years ago to about 66 million years ago. And they came in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Um, so in terms of where they were... Dinosaurs, Taryn, are represented on every continent, both in terms of the fossil record of the extinct non-avian dinosaurs and obviously modern day birds are on every continent. So dinosaurs were everywhere, man. They, um, they began. Yeah, like, they, they started on Pangaea, like, the big supercontinent, like, 200 million years ago, and all of the, uh, continents, like, that we now know today were all smushed together in one big continent. And then as Pangaea split apart, the dinosaurs just remained there. And they, yeah, they just, they're all over the place. Like, we find dinosaur fossils everywhere on Earth, which is just fucking so goddamn cool. I mean, um, yeah, if you think about it, like, where wherever we're recording right now, there could have been a dinosaur there. Yeah, probably was. What was it? 800 million years ago? I'm forgetting. No, two, 200? Two, well, yeah, 200 240 million, when yeah. they started from about 200 is when they were dominant uh, until about 60 million years ago. Um, wow. So that I, would you say that that's a fair, like, who, what, when, and where on dinosaurs? Yeah, you have answered all of all of the questions that you promised you would. Good job. Gold well, stuff. I haven't quite answered all of them because the last ah. one was why. Why, why dinosaurs? dinosaurs? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, look, it'll surprise no one that the answer to this one's evolution, baby. They hey. actually evolved from... But I mean, this, I, just, I just added this in because I just wanted to get to say this next thing, which is that dinosaurs evolved from another ancient group of reptiles called dinosauromorphs. Which, like, dinosauromorphs? Don't, yeah, don't they sound like robotic, like, dinosaur cyborgs? Like, from a like, science fiction show? Like, the, the dinosauromorphs are returning. Oh Quick. my god, or like the animorphs? which was like a yeah. book yeah, series yeah. when I was a kid in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's just such a fun word. The, the the whole, like, dinosaur thing is just littered with incredible terminology. So about 250 million years ago to 240, dinosaurs evolved from dinosauromorphs, who were just, like, very small reptile-like creatures. They, they weren't, like, anywhere near as big as things like the brontosaurus or the tyrannosaurus that we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh, okay. Just evolution dinosauromorphs. I just if you're ever looking for like a cool science fictiony word, I propose dinosauromorph. Well, I just okay. I think it's kind of it can be a little lazy. Like they were like, what's before the dinosaur? Ah, I don't know. Let's call it a dinosauromorph. Good. Yeah, and then like what, let's what go happens? to lunch. Let's go to the pub. Happened, yeah, exactly. Those guys got home by five for sure. But like, <laughs> what what happens? What happens if you go back? Like, what did the dinosauromorphs evolve from? I didn't research this, but are they the dinosauromorphomorphs? Like that? You can't dinosauromorph a... babies. I don't know. They yeah, just keep adding what, what... things at the end. Yeah, I mean, that's not, like, a very sustainable way to, to label <laughs> species, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what they did, apparently. All right, Taryn, so I want to talk about 
categorizing dinosaurs. And I mean this both in terms of big, broad buckets, and I also mean just talking about a few of the famous dinosaurs, which uh, have existed on this very cool planet. So I already mentioned that the dinosaurs are broadly divided into two groups. There's the lizard-hipped dinosaurs and the bird-hipped dinosaurs. Hipped? Um, Are you saying hipped like their hips are lizards? Yeah, yeah, like there's... Yeah, that's right. Like, the shapes of their hips are more akin to modern lizards and more akin to modern birds, so we can kind of, like, broadly divide them into the I more lizardy I didn't know that that was more... the primary distinction between a lizard and a bird was its hips. You know, I don't think it is in, like, modern creatures, <laughs> but I guess in dinosaurs, like, that was, like, a, a oh. prime marker of the divergence. I mean, I guess it makes yeah. sense, right? Like, birds and lizards walk around in fundamentally different ways, so their hip structures are going to have to be, like, very different in oh, order yeah, to, I guess so. to accommodate that. Um, so weirdly though, uh, and I guess maybe not weirdly, given we've already kind of covered the fact that birds are technically reptiles, uh. um, they're, they're both egg laying and quite possibly like we all nest building, both different types of dinosaurs. So I'm not going to use the fancy biology terms when I'm breaking down this categorization here. Uh, Fantastic. I'm just going to talk about them as like, cause you know, you know how like, well, maybe you can tell us Taryn as a biologist, like when we classify species, it's like kingdom, phylum, order, order genus, species. Yeah. yeah do, do you, do you want to just give us like a quick, quick explanation of, of what the fuck all that means that I just said? <laughs> it's just different ways for us to be able to tell how, how closely related things are. But to a non-scientist, you know, scientists can spend years arguing whether this animal belongs in that species or that order. And it's actually can be very highly contested because we now have new tools to compare uh, how closely related um, different animals are through their DNA. But, you know, to simplify, it mostly just matters if you look at something, you're like, is that probably closely related to a bird or is that closer related to a human that's probably the buckets that we're going to be talking about yeah broadly speaking as you said it's like just it's just like a way of classifying things right so there's like a big overarching thing that's called like the kingdom and like the the one that we live in is this thing called animalia and then you move down from kingdoms and there's all these subcategories within kingdoms that are called like orders and phylums and genuses and species and shit we're not going to worry about any of that we're just going to talk about it like the the, the big overarching bucket if you wanted to start with like a tree diagram that you fit all dinosaurs into, is this thing called Dinosauria. It's a clade in taxonomy language, but don't worry about it. So all dinosaurs exist in this group called Dinosauria. Within the Dinosauria group, there are two subgroups. One is called Saurischia, which is like the lizard-like dinosaurs, and one is called Ornithischia, which is the bird-like dinosaurs. And then within Saurischia, the subgroup of lizard-like dinosaurs, there are two subgroups that we're going to mostly talk about inside there. There's Theropoda, which is the subgroup that contains bipedal, mostly carnivorous dinosaurs. So if you're familiar with dinosaurs, you're going to be thinking like, oh, T-Rex fits in that group, and you're absolutely right. Uh, and then Sauropodomorpha, which are herbivores with uh, typically small heads, long plants. necks, yeah, and long tails. That's right. So big meat-eating boys, Theropoda, little plant-eating boys, and, you know, some, some big plant-eating boys, Sauropodomorpha. So that's the sort of taxonomy breakdown. Um, in that in that in that breakdown, we know like there are about a thousand known species of non-avian dinosaurs alone, 
And, like, that's just the non-avian ones. We don't really wow. know, like, the total number, but we do know that, like, modern birds, there are more than 10,000 species of birds. So, yeah. you know, probably many thousands of species of avian dinosaurs also. We also, interestingly enough, don't really have a good estimate on, like, how many, like, the total number of dinosaurs that ever walked the Earth either in total or at one time is. We don't really know. The It'd reason be so for that hard is to largely- measure, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the reason for that is just largely due to uncertainties about the fossil record. Like we d- we don't know like what fraction of things precisely gets like, ends up making it into the fossil record. So we can't really be like, oh yeah, well we found this many fossils, so therefore there were probably this many. Also, we don't know if we found all the fossils, so like we can't oh, yeah. we can't really extrapolate how many dinosaurs there were with any real certainty. Well. My understanding of fossils is like it's a you have to have a very specific set of circumstances for a fossil to be preserved for like thousands and thousands of years. And so like chances yeah, are we missed a of lot years. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also, but I mean, yeah, as you say like you're right, it's a very specific set of circumstances. So the fact that we found like many many dinosaur fossils probably yeah. means there were a fucking lot like of these things. Heaps in more. order for <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like heaps and heaps of these things. Um, I just wanted to go on a quick blind alley here, just talking about uncertainties in the fossil record, to talk about this thing called the Silurian Hypothesis, which is, like, not really related to dinosaurs, but it is kind of related to fossils. Have you ever heard of this before? No, I can't say that I have. Yeah, so the Silurian Hypothesis, again, I'm not going to spend much time on this. I encourage you to just go, like, read about it, because it's very cool. Um, The Silurian Hypothesis is just this, like, hypothesis, scientific hypothesis, that was put forward by a couple of scientists in 2018. Um, It's named after, like, a fictional alien species from Doctor Who, the Silurians. The idea is essentially, like... It's it's a it's a thought experiment that's like let's say there had been uh, like an advanced civilization maybe even just like a couple of million years ago like maybe you know five million years ago prior to there being humans on Earth that like was around about as long as humans were got about as advanced as humans did and then died out would we mm-hmm. know about it. And the Silurian hypothesis speculates, like, hypothesizes that, like, there's a pretty good chance we just wouldn't know about it. Because, like, a few million years from now, like, it's it's unclear, apparently, according to these people, whether, like, our civilization, if we didn't get much more advanced than this, would leave much in the fossil record behind. So, like, they're just saying, like, hey, like, it's it's possible. They, they, they're saying, like, they're very clear that they're like, look, we're not saying this happened. Like, we really don't think it did. It's just a thought experiment. It's like, yeah, we, we wouldn't necessarily really know if there was like an industrial civilization before ours like a few million years ago really so, what about all our doodads yeah. and, and thingamajigs we have millions so of years stuff. man it's, e- it's easy to forget geological time dude like mm. like millions I'm just thinking of mi- plastic you know they always say that plastic never goes away but it will eventually <laughs> like, yeah like after a really, millions of years really long time yeah, and it's like, when we talk about, like, oh, this dinosaur either lived mm, 230 or 228 million years ago, you're like, oh, that's pretty close. And then you remember that the time window in that is 3 million years, which is, like, <laughs> over 10 times as long as there have been genetically modern humans. And we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, it was either this yeah. or that. And anything that happened in between those numbers, we have no idea. So, like, the Earth is really, really old, and lot, lots of shit could have happened in its history, and we wouldn't necessarily know about it. Anyway, just wanted to... to Go go look at the Silurian Hypothesis if that interests you. All right, Taryn, it's time to talk about some famous dinos. Uh, and yes. maybe some less famous ones, but just some, like, just some interesting ones. So, like, can I, okay, can tell I give me you which my dinosaurs? top five yeah. dinosaurs? Yes, yeah, absolutely. let's go. All right, so 
most of this is informed by the movie The Land Before Time, which did you yes, know? Yes, it, living to, it. Did you know that that was executive produced by Steven Spielberg? Uh, I didn't know that. That's crazy and cool. Isn't there <laughs> okay, also but... a really fucked up tragic story about the the girl who played Littlefoot and maybe being murdered by her oh, parents no. maybe i'm misremembering that i ah, think that's what happened i don't but know anyway. i'm gonna assume that it didn't because i have very fond memories of that movie involving uh there was a green thing that was called ducky that i don't know what it was but it was very cute there was the stegosaurus which had the um very cool spines down the back yeah love it very decorated there is long neck the long neck one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big neck boy, that's right. The big neck boy that I think ate a lot of green leaves. I remember there's very satisfying imagery of the long necks eating green mm, leaves. Big and, chunky leaves. <laughs> and then the T-Rex, because it's everyone's favorite. And um, the pterodactyl. Is that five? Yeah, that that's enough. Uh, the interesting thing about that, though, right, and like this is what we're about to get into, is that like not all of those dinosaurs lived at the same time. So what? there's no truth in. Yeah, Are you that's, telling me Dinos- that a children's yeah. animated movie was not completely <laughs> scientifically accurate? Funnily enough, no. Yet again, we've been lied to <laughs> by big media, by big Disney. Yeah, big that's right. So- animation. So it turns out, like, a lot of the dinosaurs that we're, like, familiar with, not all, but, like, a lot of them are, like, quite late dinosaurs, like, in the very sort of, like, towards the end of the Cretaceous period. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've broken down the dinosaurs that I've chosen to highlight here based on, like, when they happened. So early dinosaurs, some of the earliest dinosaurs, too, you're probably not familiar with. There's this one called a Eoraptor, or a Uraptor. It's E-O-R-A-P-T-O-R. It's sort of similar to, like, a Velociraptor, which people are very, very familiar with. But they were smaller. Um, they were probably, like, omnivores. But they're, they're in, like, sauropodomorph, who are, like, you know, herbivore class. So they were, like, little raptor-like guys. They, like, walked around on, like, two legs and had their, like, other arms out in front of them they were like um about a meter long and maybe about 10 kilograms like they were pretty small pretty small dinosaurs. okay and they they but they were early they were like 230 ish million years ago um around the same time was a cerishian dinosaur this thing called a herrerasaurus which was like uh kind of a similar kind of time frame like 100 like 200 ish million years ago 230 Mm -hmm. um one of the earliest ones. Uh, this guy was bipedal also, but he was uh, a bit a bit bigger. Um, they could be like six meters in total length and like 350 kilograms. Oh, wow. um, yeah, now that total length is like, you know, uh, snout to tail. That's not like their height. Um, but they wow. were, yeah, they were, they were, they were like a lot bigger than the little Eoraptor guys. Okay. Uh, they were carnivores for sure. Carnivores. So they, they had so the kind they of like. eaten the Eoraptor? Eoraptors? I mean, one has to assume. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they totally probably did. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, right right there, like, we've seen, like, two of the, like, dinosaur archetypes. Because, like, there are there is, like, an enormous amount of variation in dinosaurs, but, like, you know, if you think about, like, the classic cartoon depiction of, like, a T-Rex, which is just, like, a big guy with a big tail and, like, a big head and, like, little arms and, like, two legs that it walks around on and, like, big sharp teeth, a lot of them look like that <laughs> in, like, you know, a kind of one way or another. And then they have, like, different shaped skulls and shit like that. Well, and then there's like also, birds, like... birds, right? You know, like... Yeah. Some of them have pink heads and some of them have red heads, but they're all bird-looking. Well, okay, that's, that's true for birds, but I guess, like... W- w- what I'm saying is, like, 
and that is kind of true for, for dinosaurs. Like there, there's sort of like a few archetypes of dinosaur, but there is also like an extraordinary amount of variation that is like okay. quite different to any other living creature. Like if, if you think about some of the ones that you already mentioned, like for example, the Stegosaurus, which yes. lived nowhere near these other dinosaurs. The Stegosaurus was always one of my personal favorites. Um, Ooh, lived, okay. you know, about a hundred and. 150 million years ago they were a four-legged herbivore they walked around on four legs as opposed to two legs and stegosaurs are the ones who were famous for having the um like plates like spiky plates all along their back like yes spines. spiky boys they go like yeah all the way down their back and then they had like a barbed tail like a spiky tail so they had these like kite shaped plates two rows of them running down their spine and then a spiky tail but they had like really small little heads um herbivores as i mentioned uh one of the like most easily identifiable because of those big like kite shaped plates on their back um big big samples of stegosaurs could be like nine meters long and five to eight metric tons which is like enormous all that just from eating grass god damn yeah it's it's awesome right and like what i mean by variation is like a four-legged thing with like big plates of bone on its back looks quite different to like the Herrerasaurus or like the T-Rex, like way more different than like many species of birds look from each other. Like, the, yeah. like what, what bird just has like big bony plates on its back? It's just kind of cool. Um, so that's the Stegosaurus. Bird, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, as we've learned dinosaurs and birds, very similar. In fact, the same. The same. Um, so, so you'll notice that these Stegosaurs um, or Stegosauruses or Steg, yeah, are much bigger than the two dinosaurs I mentioned before. Like, uh, the Stegosaurus is maybe nine meters long, bigger than the Eoraptor or the Herrerasaurus, but, like, absolutely dwarfed by, like, even other dinosaurs around the same time as it. Uh, it, yeah, they were, like, dinosaurs just got a bit bigger at this period, I guess. They started out smaller than they got, they just got larger. Um, wow. So if, if, if the Stegosaurus, so, so, all right. I'm kind of breaking this down into like early, mid, and late dinosaurs. The Eoraptor, the Herrerasaurus, those are the early dinosaurs, like the sort of 230-ish million years ago. The Stegosaurus, mid-dinosaur, like 150-ish million years ago. Mm-hmm. Around the same time in that mid-dinosaur period was this dinosaur called the Allosaurus, which is, yep, also like a large, bipedal, carnivore, like lizard-like dinosaur. Um, they could be like nine meters long, similar to a Stegosaurus, but they walked on two legs and they would weigh about two metric tons. They were sort of similar, similar to like a T-Rex type shape, the Allosaurus. Like it's one of the most like classic dinosaur shapes. If you go look up like an Allosaurus, A-L-L-O-S-A-U-R-U-S, it's got that like classic, nice bipedal dinosaur with like the slightly sloping back and like. Oh the, yeah, the I just googled it. The front. It's like the Jurassic Park boys yeah. that are running around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like your classic, like picture a dinosaur, Allosaurus. That's the guy. Is just like a sort of standard, standard two-legged dinosaur. And yep, carnivores, bipedal, lived about 150 million years ago in the mid, what I call the mid-dinosaur period. What a dinosaur I'm scientist you called the late Jurassic epoch. <laughs> we would move swiftly out of the mid-dinosaur era. So we, we've covered like, yeah, there are these like sort of traditional-looking bipedal, sloping spine-like dinosaurs, and then there's some other more exotic ones. 
Funnily enough, this is also true in the late dinosaur period, or the, the Cretaceous period, as uh, dinosaur scientists call it. So okay. the Cretaceous period, it turns out, like as I learned when I was doing this research, is where like many of the dinosaurs that you're familiar with, or you may be familiar with, happened. So like the Velociraptor, the Triceratops, the T-Rex, oh, they... Yeah, they all came out of the Cretaceous period. Okay. So Veloci Velociraptors were kicking around from like 75-ish million years ago till about 70 million years ago. If you don't know what a Velociraptor is, I encourage you to Google it. Velociraptors are like arguably, other than maybe the T-Rex, like the most famous dinosaur, they were like a common sort of pop culture mainstay. They're these bipedal, really, really fast guys. They could be like two meters long, snout to tail, like 50, like half a meter high, like off the ground at the hip. They'd be about 15 kilos and they were like carnivores. They would just like eat other dinosaurs eat meat. They were just like very fast, very aggressive hunting dinosaurs. Yeah, wait, are these the guys that were in Jurassic Park? I feel like there was a lot I mean, of there are lots of different lot of dinosaurs, dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> the, the, I'm specifically the thinking about like the ones the that are like in the kitchen, you know, and they're like stalking yes. the people. Yes, those are yes, Velociraptors. Velociraptors oh, okay. were like the primary villains in Jurassic Park. Got it. They Evil were the dudes. like, yeah, the that's right. Just because they're like very, very lethal. They were the ones who the guys like clever girl about because they were like uh, pack hunting. Got it. I will it. say okay. like two meters long, half a meter high. They're a little bit smaller in, in reality than they are often portrayed in the media. Okay, so that's Velociraptors. A little bit later than Velociraptors was, yeah, my like, probably my favorite dinosaur, the Triceratops. Um, which came about they about 68 million dinosaurs. years ago. Yeah, they were like one of the last dinosaurs here in the late oh. dinosaur era. Triceratops means three-horned face, and yeah, that's what these guys look like. They were big, four-legged, walked on four-legged herbivores that had like big, like, they have like a big like bone flange on their face that has three horns coming out of it. One on the tip of their nose and two coming out of the top of the face. A flange is a projecting flat rim, collar, or rib on an object. There you go. There you go. Triceratops were, were, were big also, like yeah, also about nine meters long, but about like two to three meters high, which is awesome because like they're like just like way bigger oh, wow. than yeah. humans are now. Just like very cool to think about. And like six to 12 metric tons. Um, Gosh. They were, yeah, just like giant four-legged herbivores with big, big spikes on their head. And amongst the largest skulls of all land mammals. Wow. Uh, here's a fun fact about Triceratops. Although in a okay. lot of media, like, Triceratops are, are portrayed as animals that live in packs or herds, there's not actually a heap of evidence for that. Um, there are, like, other kinds of animals that we're pretty sure live in herds, because, like, we'll find, like, big, like, fossil pits where, like, there's just many, many, many of the same kind of dinosaur there, mm -hmm. like, hundreds or thousands. But, like, we haven't really got any evidence of that for Triceratops. There's only been one like a uh, bone bed, like fossil pit location that was dominated by Triceratops. And it just had three Triceratops in it. So like, we don't really know that these guys like to move around in packs, even though that's the way that they're kind of portrayed. But yeah, I don't know. Like, this is kind of what I'm talking about with the variety, right? Like, yeah, sure. A lot of them are like bipedal lizardy things that have slightly sloping spines and little arms on the front. But then you've also got ones like the Stegosaurus that have these big weird bone plates. Or you've got ones like the Triceratops that have these big fucking horns coming out of their face. Like, they just look different. <laughs> I love the variety. Like, does, doesn't it feel like there's just not this much variety in creatures today? I mean, I like to think that there is a good amount of variety today, but yeah, I can't even begin to imagine, like you say, the 
the diversity there would be because, again, we're probably only seeing a sliver of what there is. And what we're seeing yeah. is still very diverse. So, like, yeah. what else was there? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, like, they just, like, they almost feel like mythical creatures, right? Because they're, like, they're just so awesome. Like, they're just huge, powerful lizard creatures that have, like, such varied presentations. And it's just crazy to think that they were real. Like, they almost feel yeah. like mythical creatures. Like, they're basically dragons. Yes! They are like dragons. I mean, there's. So, I just. My, wrapping my brain around just having this giant. Because, like, in my brain, I'm just trying to picture, like, what's the biggest herbivore that I can think of now? And I just keep thinking of cows for some reason. It's <laughs> like, imagine if there was a cow, but it was a reptile and it was bigger than me. And my brain is like, how would it live? How would it eat enough plants to be that big and just lumber around? Like, everything was just yeah. bigger back then, I guess. I mean, I guess elephants are kind of like that, but, um... Oh, yeah, yeah they're bigger. Like, they're, they're, I, they're, cows cows they're, just sprung to mind. <laughs> all right, I want to hammer through a couple more big famous dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've been leaving the Tyrannosaurus or the yes. Tyrannosaurus Rex or T-Rex uh, for last because, yeah, I mean, they're, like, awesome and probably the most famous dinosaur other than maybe oh, Velociraptors. Yeah. Hands down. Um, so Tyrannosaurus Rex, for what it's worth, like it's it's a really redundant name, which is why like the, the technical name is Tyrannosaurus. Sometimes they get called Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, b- because the name means Tyrant Lizard King, if you, include <laughs> the, if you include the Rex. So Tyrannosaurus means Tyrant Lizard, and, and, and Tyrannosaurus Rex means Tyrant Lizard King, which is just, like, really, like, a bit overkill, right? Like, they were really, really hammering home that these guys were the big boys who ruled the roost. No, I love it, though, because it's, again, it's like a judgment thing, like the terrible lizard. It's like, not only was he the Lizard King, but he was a tyrant. Like, he was really yeah, was mean about it. Tyrannical Lizard King, yeah. So they were also late dinos, 68 million years, around the same time as the Triceratops, until the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, t- the T-Rex, one of the largest land carnivores of all time, and uh, just fucking really incredibly dominant over all the other dinos that existed at the same time. I mean, they were like, they were like 12 to 13 meters long, like 3 or 4 meters tall at the hips, so like what? two of me, two of me stacked end on end is a T Rex's hip and like what? snout and you're to very tail. Tall. What? Yeah, I'm like two meters tall, and wow. then like like twelve or thirteen meters long, like snout to t- snout to tail, and like up to six metric tons, or six to eight even, metric tons. Actually. I can't even. That's like my work building, <laughs> my work building, <laughs> like a T Rex. Yeah, just, like, giant fucking lizard monsters who were, like, carnivores and just ate whatever the fuck they wanted. Like, that's why they were the lizard king. Godzilla. The Godzilla was a T-Rex. That's my hot Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Godzilla's just, like, a big T-Rex. Yeah, wow. There you go. That's the Tyrannosaurus. Um, So you you will note at this point that I've said, like, I've been listing all the famous dinosaurs. I haven't mentioned pterodactyls. Pterodactyls. See, there's an important... There's an important thing we have to talk about here, Taryn, which is that dinosaurs are usually technically defined as the group consisting of the most common, sorry, most recent common ancestor of the Triceratops, which was one of the last mm-hmm. lizard dinosaurs, and modern birds, and like all of the descendants of that common ancestor. Mm-hmm. So things like pterodactyls aren't actually dinosaurs, technically. Pterodactyls technically belong to a class of early 
flyable or flying vertebrate lizardy type things called pterosaurs, but they are distinct from dinosaurs. They're like a different sort of like different sort of yeah class of things. So pterosaurs um, were also hanging out in like one form or another for most of the Mesozoic era. So like most of the time that there were dinosaurs, there were also pterosaurs. They are the earliest vertebrates that are known to have evolved powered flight, which is just amazing. Yes. They like. Yeah, they, they had they had like skin, muscle, and like other tissues that made up these wings that ran from their ankles to like their hands. So if you imagine like a, a person with like arms and a leg, <laughs> like they like fan their arms out, and then there's like this wing membrane that goes like from their wrists to their ankles, which is like what? how they kind of flew around. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they, they like I haven't gone into detail on pterosaurs. Pterodactyls are like probably the most famous kind of them. Uh but there were like heaps and heaps of different kinds of pterosaur. They could be anywhere from like like 30ish centimeters to like 10 or 11 meters in wingspan. Like some of them were just absolutely fucking enormous. Some oh of them God. were sort of much much smaller. Yeah. No, they they were awesome. Like uh flying dinosaur type things that aren't technically dinosaurs. Wow. Similarly, you'll notice I haven't mentioned any swimming dinosaurs. That is because most ocean-dwelling things throughout the Mesozoic period are also not technically dinosaurs. They're technically a class of thing called a plesiosaur. Oh, um, yeah, I've heard which, that word. Yeah, not going to go into plesiosaurs, really. Simply don't have time. Plesiosaurs were just kind of like dinosaurs, but they hang out in the ocean. There are a few exceptions there, though. There was, like, this thing called a spinosaurus, which was a dinosaur, technically, that, that did actually live in the water. Spinosaur. Did he have a long spine? You know, I don't actually know what a spinosaur <laughs> looked like. But the key, t- the key takeaway here is that, like... We're talking about dinosaurs. There were other things hanging out at the same time as dinosaurs that were similar to dinosaurs, but dinosaurs were, like, mostly land-dwelling creatures. They were the lizard boys. Yeah. And the bird boys. But the, the you know, non-flying ones. And with that, we've covered cool dinosaurs, we've covered what dinosaurs are, and I think it's a nice time to take a break before we come back and talk a bit about human-dinosaur interactions. What? Oh, I'm excited. Okay, okay. We'll take a break, and then we'll get back to it. All right, so here we are in the break. Taryn, how are you doing? How are you feeling here in the break? I'm cozy. I'm settled into the break. I'm keen to have a little chat. Yeah. So ordinarily, this is the point in the show where we either have our producer Nula on to take us through a game, or we have a special guest on to talk about something unrelated to, say, dinosaurs or whatever topic we're talking about. This week, instead of either of those things, we have something else fun and exciting for you, the listening public. So uh, this week we are announcing, or this month I should say, we are announcing our first Uncertainty Principle competition, because Taryn and I are fresh out of ideas about (laughs) topics that we can cover on this fucking podcast. Now, that is of course actually a joke, but it does mean that we are throwing open these suggestion logs to uh, anyone who is listening to recommend a topic for an episode of the Uncertainty Principle. So between now and the next episode, which will come out on the first Monday of December, so between now and Monday the 6th of December, um, you can submit an episode content idea to Taryn and I via a review 
on Apple Podcasts in your review. Go review the show, rate the show, and write in your review what topic you would like us to cover. Then, Taryn and I will look at all those, pick the one we like the most, and we will do an episode in January about that very topic that you have chosen. And the other thing that's great about this is that the winner of our competition is going to receive a highly coveted, extremely valuable prize of 50 goddamn Australian dollars. 50 goddamn dollars. In the form of a Visa gift card. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is is your favorite podcast, is 99% Invisible giving you $50 (laughs) to to write in and talk to them? I bet you the fuck they're not. Now, that may be because they have huge amounts of sponsorship and they don't care about whether you write to them or not. Or it may be because they don't love you like we do and they don't open their hearts and minds to you in a competition like we do. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the latter. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is your chance to influence the course of the uncertainty principle and get yourself 50 goddamn dollars. And that 50 goddamn dollars will be delivered to you in time for the Christmas season. Get your loved ones some things. So um, <laughs> Visa, Visa gift card coming your way for our favorite topic that is suggested to us uh, by the time the next episode is out. So Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review, and uh, yeah, just, just write what you want us to talk about. I am so excited to see what this what this reveals. I mean, we yeah. could end up doing something really cool, <laughs> and that's the only option. I'm not. I'm not doing a not cool show. We have a brand. Yeah, I mean, to maintain. what if like every? What if everyone coordinates and they all write in the same topic, <laughs> and then we just have to do that topic? What would your uh, nightmare topic be, Taryn? Nightmare topic. Oh, uh, like I don't even know. Some sort of complicated physics, but then I'd just make you do it. <laughs> yeah, you just kick that one to me, and yeah. and. Actually, January will be a me month, won't it? Because I'm doing this one, you'll do December, January will be me. So it's going to be me doing the research on this topic. (laughs) So yeah, Um, if you want to fuck me up, go ahead. But hey, I will learn. I will read. I will research. I will tell you things you never thought you would know about this topic. Oh, so this is really a challenge for you. I'm really excited now that I know that I'm not going to have to do that. (laughs) You don't actually have to do fuck all, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to read through the suggestions together and and find something that you're not going to hate yeah that's right that's right so yeah i mean look you could take two strategies here you could do something that would be funny to make me have to do or if you wanted to win you could write something that i probably won't actually hate but anyway that's enough to enter submit your review via apple podcasts between now and when the next episode comes out which is going to be on monday the 6th of december and uh you will be considered if you don't have apple podcasts get it get on there and uh rate and review the show and write in the episode topic that you would like us to cover can't wait All right, should we get back to the episode? We should. Let's do it. All right, Taryn. So we've talked about different kinds of dinosaurs. We've talked about classifying dinosaurs. And I teased you before the break. I said we were going to talk about Very tantalizingly. Human dinosaur interactions, which, you know, anyone who knows shit all about Earth history will know. There are no human dinosaur interactions. Humans and dinosaurs never coexisted at the same time period or anything even really close to that. However... Once again, are you telling me that the acclaimed movie Jurassic Park lied to me? I can't... I don't understand. Why are these movies lying about dinosaurs repeatedly? Actually, you know what? I'm just re-realizing that I'm full of shit. Birds are dinosaurs. So human dinosaur interactions happen every single day. What the fuck? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. But when I'm talking about human dinosaur interactions here, I'm talking about the history of humans discovering and learning and researching dinosaurs. Ah. So we don't know... 
like we don't know when in human history the first dinosaur fossils were found. We we know it was like millennia ago. We know oh, yeah. that like ancient civilizations all over the world have known about these things. It's pretty unlikely that any of those ancient civilizations anywhere really understood what they were completely. We do know some different cultures thought different things about them. Like in Europe, old civilizations, old cultures thought that they were like the bones of giants or other mythical creatures. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that a bit later. In in China, ancient Chinese people thought they were dragon bones. There's some evidence that in ancient North America, the uh, indigenous people there, the, the myth of the Thunderbird uh, was at least partially inspired by finding fossils of pterosaurs, which are, again, not dinosaurs, but, you know, similar kind of thing. Close enough. I think all of this stuff is kind of neat because, like, like whilst, yeah, they weren't, like, scientific understandings, like, uh, the people found these bones and realized that they were very old animal bones. They just didn't know exactly what they were. Um, there is some evidence that, like, as early as the 6th century uh, BC, before the Common Era, there were ancient Greeks who understood that, like, fossils that they found were the remains of shellfish. They were like, oh, yeah, these fossil shells, these are these are like the shellfish that we, like, fish and eat. Now, like, the fossils did kind of look like shellfish, so, you yeah, know, we yeah. shouldn't give them too much props. But, like, it's cool that, like... No, yeah, we should give thousands, them props. They figured it out. years ago, at least, yeah. they were like, cool, these are, like, preserved shells of old shellfish. So that's kind of, like, ancient history on paleontology, I guess, the the study of, like, old fossils. It's It's fair to say that more scholarly study, at least in the West, at least by modern standards of what that means, of dinosaurs began in the 17th century again at least in the west at least in england mm-hmm. um this began when a part of a bone of what we now know is a megalosaurus was found in england in the 1670s and this dude robert plot who was a chemistry professor at oxford published some descriptions of it in a scientific journal it was called the natural history of oxfordshire And he looked at this and he was like, oh, this kind of looks like a lower leg bone for some kind of big creature. Now, this is 1676. He didn't go like, oh, so this must be like a big animal or something. He was like, it's probably a big extinct human thing, like from a giant or a titan or something from our old legends. I mean, that's the same thing other people of other ancient civilizations were thinking. I, I know, but this was 1676 and this was a scientist. He's a chemistry professor. And he was like, that's probably a giant. Science in the 1600s was very different from science now. Yeah, I just love this, like, chemistry professor at Oxford, this serious-minded science man, is like, this leg bone probably came from a giant. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for, like, another 140-ish years when uh, William Buckland, also at the University of Oxford, found more bones of the same dinosaur, the Megalosaurus, and wrote down the first description of what we would now consider a dinosaur in a scientific journal. He was like, hey, I found all these bones that this other guy said they came from a giant. I think they may have come from like an extinct animal species, this thing that we're going to call a dinosaur. The name dinosaur uh, wasn't established for a few decades after that. But um, Mm -hmm. usually when we do these like history parts, I don't like... I talk about like the first discovery of something and then we kind of move on because we're covering a lot of history, but always like to shout out mm-hmm. an early female scientist. So the second identified dinosaur, non-avian dinosaur species, the Iguanodon, was discovered in 1822 by Mary Ann Mantell. So we stand a queen, Mary Ann Mantell, early dinosaur wait, wait, wait. discoverer. 
Yeah, wait, I think I read a book about her, and was she the one that they made that movie, Ammonite? Was that movie about her? I think it was. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I mean, it was loosely... The movie is with Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet, and it's not very accurate, but I read a book that was really good that I can't remember the name of, but it's the book upon which that movie is based, and it's all about her life, and, and yeah, about how, like, she would go and find these fossils, but then all these men would be like... Fuck you, I'm the scientist, I'm gonna go present it at Oxford. You're and not a fossil like, no, lady. And finally got credit I'm like the fossil boy. <laughs> oh, there you go. All exactly. right, Marianne Mantel. That's what they all sounded Stand like. a queen, good for her. Uh, Alright, so that was all like the 1820s. Uh, and then, you know, people kept studying dinosaurs, discovering more dinosaurs, whatever. And then, I mean, this is the part of the story where this just gets so fucking funny to me. Okay. 1858. The first American dinosaur is discovered, a two-legged dinosaur is discovered in America, and kickstarts a period of what is termed by historians dinosaur mania in the USA, because yes. fucking America, of course. Listen, like, we're an extra The second people. America gets a dinosaur, <laughs> yeah, then it's like, dinosaurs, bitch! And it's just these, like, decades of, like, dinosaur insanity takes over America, like, dinosaur scientists are just, like, going bananas there's this period called the great dinosaur rush that starts in the 1870s it's like the gold rush but for com- dinos yeah competing to understand as many dinosaurs as they can and the 1870s also began quite possibly my new favorite part of human history oh, wow. which is a period that again paleontology historians refer to as the bone wars the bone wars <laughs> The Bone Wars! The Bone Wars describes a period of competitive fossil hunting between Uh. specifically these two dudes. This guy called Edward Drinker Cope and this other guy called Othniel Charles Marsh, who were these two rich old white science boys who, like, just went bananas (laughs) in the 1870s for several decades, like, nearly 30 years. Like, until Cope... it, It lasted until Cope died and in that time these two guys were like they were going fucking ham they were like there was bribery theft and destruction of samples to prevent the other from discovering them like they would open up a fossil pit take all the bones they could carry and then be like well i don't want uh, marsh to find the rest of these bones and they would just blow them up what? they would like oh my and God. they would like try and try and discredit each other they would try and like destroy each other's reputations and get their funding cut off, cut off. Wow. they would like write articles like attacking like ruthlessly attacking each other's work they were just like there was these two God. dudes who were like the the fucking Big names of the Bone Wars during the Great Dinosaur Rush. I'm just picturing, like, The Prestige, you know, the movie about the magicians, but with paleontologists, or, like, some sort of, like, standoff in a saloon in the Old West, and they're like, this academic field's only big enough for one of us. Why couldn't they both just study dinosaurs? Why did it have to be a rivalry? Why can't we just live in harmony? Because they're Americans, bitch. (laughs) Because they're Americans. (laughs) Yeah, it was like... um, I am the true bone king. Not you. I am the bone king. They ended up, they basically both were financially and socially ruined, and the race continued until Cope died in 1887. Honestly, that's on you guys. You had 30 years to make good, and you did not, so... That's on y'all. Yeah, that's right. And, like, 
I mean, look, the thing is, dinosaur historians have, like, a complicated relationship with these guys in the Bone Wars, because, like, they did discover a lot- they discovered a lot of dinosaurs, like like 130 species or something of dinosaurs between them, 130, 140 species. But they also, like, destroyed a bunch of samples. Yeah. And just, like, all the acrimony around the two of them just, like, caused, like, a lot of the public to just be like, Jesus, these guys, <laughs> like, well, they just fucking shut up. So, like, it, you know, it, it was, like, it's a complicated thing. But also, I just think it's amazing that it was called the Bone Wars. Because do you remember, like, a couple of years ago when there was that popular meme about the Skeleton Wars that was all, like... Like, uh, Ooh, I don't I'm remember that one. For a, a strong no. Okay, Jesus. Well, I'm not going to explain it. This isn't reply all. But, <laughs> but go Google uh, skeleton wars if you want to know about the skeleton okay. meme. So there you go. These two crazy dinosaur boys. Um. So then you know dinosaur research continued for like a few more decades. It's sort of like a yeah, people knew about it, but sort of whatever from like 1900 on. Well, you mean they calmed down after during... like Cope died, and they were like, maybe let's all chill out about yep, bones for a little much. while. <laughs> That's that's right. It got way less like aggressive and horrifying for a few decades. And then in the 1970s or like the the late 60s, dinosaur researchers consider this period which started in like the 70s and continues to today what they call the dinosaur renaissance. Who knew that the names of things in the history of paleontology were so funny? I think they're like, apparently they're just, we're currently they just get living. to make it up, you know. They're like, no, this was the Renaissance. We we say so. Yeah. So we're, we're currently living in the dinosaur Renaissance, which was nominally kickstarted, or at least partially kickstarted, by this guy named John Ostrom discovering. This is so crazy that like this is the thing that kicked it off, but like this is what everyone says. It was discovering that this particular dinosaur, the Dionychus may have been warm-blooded as opposed to being, like, cold-blooded, which was the prevailing idea yeah. that dinosaurs were cold-blooded. This guy in 1969 was like, hey, this dinosaur may have been warm-blooded. And everyone was like, holy fuck, that's amazing! And kicked off this, like, new golden age in paleontology where people just got so interested in dinosaurs again. Like, from the 1970s till today, like, basically the entire field has been revolutionized. There's been, yeah. like, all the modern theories, like, all the modern theories about dinosaur behavior, our current understandings of their their biology and of course their saturation in popular culture like all of that began in the 1970s at the start of the dinosaur renaissance oh. i mean like we've already mentioned it mentioned it a couple of times jurassic park like certainly in the 90s did, did a lot for uh increasing dinosaur interest well and it's still aren't they still making movies in that oh yeah oh yeah jurassic world oh maybe. yeah that's what it's called i'm revealing that With i haven't that crispy rat. I have not watched them i've seen Is that chris pratt he's a crispy rat <laughs> yeah <laughs> So just a little bit of, like, modern dinosaur science, like, stuff that's been going on. Like, recently, like, in the last couple decades, mm -hmm. like, in this millennium, actual soft tissue from dinosaurs has been recovered, rehydrated, demineralized, and studied. How? Like, preserved. God damn. Yeah, like, just partially preserved inside specific fossils. Like, they've just dug up fossils and been like, oh, wow, it kind of looks like there's a bit of tissue here. Wow. Like, dug it out, just, like, very carefully rehydrated it and studied it under microscopes and have seen, like, blood vessels and shit in there. So, wow. like, it's not just bones. Like, in, yeah, we've looked at, like, tens or hundreds of millions of year old creatures fucking blood oh, vessels under microscopes. that's blowing my brain. Oh, wow. I know. And, like, whilst Jurassic Park, which is famously about extracting dinosaur DNA and then turning it into clones of dinosaurs, whilst we haven't, like, got confirmed dinosaur DNA yet, because it turns out it's really fucking hard to do because DNA degrades over, like, millions of years, um, and we're talking about, at, at, 
at least 70 million yeah. years. And like, by then it's sort of like, seems to think that like the DNA would all be gone very recently. Like in the last week, the Chinese Academy of Science has released. They're like, Hey, we found this fossil that looks really well preserved. And we think it might contain healthy dinosaur DNA. Wow. So like, this hasn't been confirmed yet, yeah, but hot it's off like the press. Yeah, Jesus. That's where we, that's where we are now. Like we're, we're, we're like living in the time period where like, if it's possible to detect dinosaur DNA, we'll do it soon. And that's just fucking awesome. That is so exciting. Um, what a time to be alive in dinosaurs. So science. what you're telling me is that it's possible that one <laughs> could create Jurassic Park with that DNA. Well, you know what they say, Taryn? Life finds a way. <laughs> yes, but you scientists didn't stop to question whether you could do it when you should be asking if you should do it. Or something. I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah, Taryn, you really fucking butchered that <laughs> quote from Jurassic Park. Do you Park, know but it? You know I what? don't remember it. Yeah, you were so busy thinking about whether or not you could, you never stopped to think about whether or not you there could. There it is. That's the, that's the quote. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We live in the pre-Jurassic Park era right the fuck now. Yeah. I mean, isn't it, isn't it just cool that, like... So this is another thing I wanted to just touch on here. Mm. Like, we're sure we're in, like, the dinosaur renaissance now. But, like, just throughout, like, the history of there having been dinosaurs, in a way that hasn't really been true for other scientific fields, public enthusiasm for them has just always been high. (laughs) People have just, like, always been jazzed about dinosaurs. Like, we saw there was dinosaur mania, then there was the dinosaur gold rush. And the renaissance. there was the dinosaur renaissance. Like, it's just so cool that, like... It's like a universal human thing that, like, everyone just kind of thinks they're sick, right? Like, they're just... Sure, there are, like, evolutionary biology reasons to study them, but more than that, like, public enthusiasm for learning about dinosaurs just is and always has been high. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's always funding to do dinosaur research, which I just think is neat. And it's so weird that it's not true of, like, other fields. Like, what is it about dinosaurs that we just fucking love? They're just so old and so big, and I think it's just that our brains can't wrap around it like i'm just picturing looking out of a third story window and i'm just looking into the eyes of a giant lizard like i want to know more what was it like did it actually have feathers i don't know okay taryn i'm so glad you asked if it had feathers because the last section of the episode today i want to talk about is some dinosaur myths and truths oh let's do it that's a little jingle that i just read i love it yeah okay so Whether or not certain dinosaurs, like velociraptors, had feathers has been a subject of some contention within the dinosaur community. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, I don't know, it depends how you you feel about it. Like, if you're really attached to your picture of velociraptors from Jurassic Park, unfortunately, that image is incorrect. Because, yeah, the current science is that velociraptors had feathers. They were like more like birds than other kind of lizard-like dinosaurs. Like, go go look up, like, velociraptors. Like, we have to kind of reimagine what we think about them in, in pop culture. They were like, they just kind of look like big, crazy chickens. Like, they just kind of, kind of look like big, aggressive yes. chickens. This was like... This is a thing people had thought for a while, and then it was confirmed in 2007 when researchers found quill knobs on the forearm of a velociraptor. Oh. Uh, so quill knobs are just like little bumps where feathers grow and you, you see them in bird wings, right? So like bird wings have these little lumps in them. Velociraptors have them too. So velociraptors had feathers, whether you like it or not. <laughs> have you seen the mock-ups? I will suggest that if anyone has not, if you Google like, you know, dinosaurs with birds, like there's people have done some like artistic representations of it and it will really blow your mind if you're picturing Jurassic Park, as I think many of us are. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's a quote that kind of encapsulates this from um, Mark Norrell, who is the curator in charge of fossil reptiles, amphibians, and birds at the American Museum of Natural History. 
Uh, he had this to say. The more that we learn about these animals, the more we find that there is basically no difference between birds and their closely related dinosaur ancestors like Velociraptor. Both have wishbones, brooded their nests, possess hollow bones, and were covered in feathers. If animals like Velociraptors were alive today, our first impression would be that they were just very unusual looking birds. Wow. But like scary birds. Yeah. Like, I'm scared of a magpie, yeah, yeah. but like, this guy could fuck me up. Like, yeah, I mean, there are birds alive today that could fuck you up, Taryn. Like the cassowaries. Oh, cassowaries. Like oh, those. those are scary. Yeah. yeah. They're just dinosaurs, man. They're just fucking dinosaurs. They are dinosaurs. If you ever see one in real life, and if anyone ever comes to Australia to visit or you live here, and you see one in real life, it's truly like seeing a dinosaur. You're like, I don't think we should I mean, be alive at the same time. As each other. As we have exhaustively established, they are <laughs> literally dinosaurs. They are. They are, they are feathered dinosaurs. <laughs> that is what, biologically, that is what they are. They are they well, are I feel it every time I look into their scary, scary eyes. Yeah. All right. So that's my first kind of myth, this, this idea that velociraptors do or don't have feathers. The next one is the idea of, like, when they were alive in relation to humans. I mean, we've already kind of covered, like, other than modern birds, the non-avian dinosaurs died out about 66 million years ago in an extinction event. And, yeah, I mean, like, genetically modern humans didn't come around until a couple hundred thousand years ago. So just absolutely nowhere near, like, tens of millions of years out. However, we talked a bit before about, like, how, um, like, T-Rex and Stegosaurus went around at the same time, right? For example, human beings, like in the timeline of Earth, human beings lived closer in time to the Tyrannosaurus Rex than the Tyrannosaurus Rex did to the Stegosaurus. That's, oh, that's so mind-blowing. It's like when people say, yeah. do that with human history, and they say something mm. crazy like, we're closer to Cleopatra than something She was else. to the pyramids or whatever. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Like Cleopatra yeah. to modern humans is, is closer than Cleopatra to the construction of the pyramids. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um... But yeah, like that with dinosaurs. Like, we lived closer to a T-Rex than a T-Rex did to a Stegosaurus, or any of the other earlier dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were around for a long fucking time, man. That's yeah, the main takeaway wow. from this. It's too bad that they couldn't be friends, like, in the land before time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an interesting, like, sub-point sub on this here, which is that, like, okay, so there were no humans, right? But, like, we know humans descended from a bunch of other, like, primates that descend, you know, that go, like, back in history really, really far. Hmm. Was there a human ancestor, an early primate that existed at the same time as dinosaurs? What do you think, Taryn? Yes or no? Hmm. I mean, they had to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, well, I mean, maybe is the right answer. Like, Purgatorius, yeah. which is the name... Purgatorius, the name of an ancient primate, like primate ancestor species that would have closely resembled like a modern day squirrel or shrew. Like, they're the oldest primate ancestors that we know about, and they lived about 65 million years ago. So, like, possibly they were around pre the extinction event. Like, possibly, like, early primate ancestors lived at the same time as dinosaurs. Maybe. Wow. Or maybe, like, whatever the Purgatorius evolved from, which would have been another kind of thing, like lived at the same time as uh, as, as dinosaurs. So who, who knows? Maybe our earliest ancestors shared the earth with them, which is kind of awesome. Wow. Okay, here's one that you may not even be aware is a controversy. Okay. Another little fact. You, you, have you heard of the Brontosaurus, which is like yeah. the big boy with the really long neck that eats the tree? That's yeah. the one I was so, thinking of earlier, the long neck, yeah. leafy grass boy. 
Yeah, that's right. So in the late 70s, a bunch of scientists got together and said, oh, wow, we don't actually think the Brontosaurus exists. What? We actually think that a Brontosaurus and an Apatosaurus are the same species. And we think that this, like, classification of them as separate species is a result of, guess what, the fucking Bone Wars. When Back Marsh to the Bone found- Wars. Yeah, Marsh found a dinosaur and was like, oh yeah, this is different from that other dinosaur because he was trying to beat the other guy in, like, number of species discovered. So he just, like, classified them as different dinosaurs. And then in the 70s, researchers were like, ah, you tried to pull a sneaky on us there, Marsh. This is the same thing as an Apatosaurus. You didn't discover a new species here. I feel feel bamboozled. I thought that was its own thing. But I guess, you know, they were still real. Like, I thought you were going to tell me that, like, some sneaky bone boars guys just like pretended that there was a really long neck one by like stacking a bunch of bones from different fossils to create a fake <laughs> that one. It does seem like the kind of thing that those guys would have done. I wouldn't put it past them at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Taryn, well, if you're feeling bamboozled, guess what? So that was one of those things, like that the, the brontosaurus doesn't exist, it's actually an apatosaurus, was one of those like science trivia questions that would come up all the time until 2015 Mm -hmm. when scientists realized that the brontosaurus was actually a distinct species from the apatosaurus (laughs) and the brontosaurus is back baby the brontosaurus is a real dino again so chalk another one up for marsh in the bone wars Uh, turns out that there is such a thing as a brontosaurus so brontosaurus yes then no now yes yes again again. from 2015. What a comeback. Wow. I mean, we can only hope for the same for, like, Pluto. I miss Pluto being a planet. Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) I've been here for years. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the... Good for him. That's how the Bronto must feel. He's been here for years. Good for the Bronto. Good for you, buddy. Really proud of you. All right. The last thing I want to talk about, Taryn, is how did they die? Uh, That's been a topic of some discussion. What do you think is the cause of the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction about 66 million years ago? Okay. Well, I have a couple ideas. Uh, There was the asteroid, as previously discussed. It could have been, like, one of those volcano situations where there was, like, a super volcano and it, like, blocked out the sun and then all the plants died. Or, uh, I don't know, like a big tsunami. (laughs) But I guess if they, <laughs> they all died out, it's going to be like a really big tsunami. So, it has no, to be like a biblical flood. I, I stand by my first two responses. Yeah, well, hey, look, you're, you're, when you're talking about the asteroid, you're talking about what's called the Alvarez hypothesis, which was proposed by uh, some geologists in 1980. This was the idea that there was a large space rock that smashed into the Earth and created, like, a huge bunch of ash that blocked out the sun, created tsunamis that destroyed coastlines, and just, like, sent shockwaves out that just completely fucking riddled the Earth with destruction. Mm-hmm. And that is the currently accepted theory. Yeah, The currently accepted hypothesis. I got it all, uh, man! Is, the, except yeah. the volcano, but... I got all the the important bits. You gotta give yeah, me that. That's, that's right. So the, the evidence for this is that, like, in the geologic records, so when you dig, like, layers of rock out of the Earth core, the, the rock from around the time that this extinction occurred 
is marked by this thin layer of sediment that is unusually high in the metal iridium, which is very, very common in asteroids and very rare in the Earth's crust. Ah. Isn't that fucking sick? That's just one of yeah. the cool pieces of evidence. So that's that's like around that time in the Earth's like rock history, there was a lot of iridium that came from somewhere. The other thing that bolstered this theory was in the 1990s when, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Chichulub Crater was discovered in Mexico, which is this huge crater about 20 kilometers deep and 150 kilometers in diameter that is believed to have been formed by, get this, an asteroid hitting the Earth about 66 million years ago, which gels very, very nicely with the fossil record of when the dinosaurs went extinct, the non-avian dinosaurs, we should say. So, like, people take rock samples from this crater, particularly samples of these little things called tektites, which would have to have been formed under very, very high temperature, like what would have been caused by an asteroid. Um, And those samples are about 66 million years old. So it kind of, like, is exactly the right age to to have caused this uh, Cretaceous Paleogene extinction. Seems pretty logical to me. Those bits of evidence and a few other things have caused, uh, in March 2010, an international panel of scientists essentially said, yep, we, we think the Alvarez hypothesis of an asteroid, and specifically this asteroid impact in Chichilub Crater, is the cause of dinosaur extinction. So, wow. I mean, isn't it kind of fucking amazing that 66 million years later, we can point to a specific part of the Earth and say, yeah... 66 million years ago, right here, a rock 10 to 15 kilometers in diameter crashed into Earth and killed the dinosaurs. And we verify that between, like, the fossil record of dinosaurs, the geologic record of Earth, samples directly from the site. Like, it all just gels together, and we understand in, like, a fair amount of detail what happened to our planet and the dinosaur, the non-avian dinosaur species, all that time ago. Wow. And, like... What luck, I guess, that it landed on what is now land, because otherwise it could just be at the bottom of some trench and we would have not been able to verify it. But, like, we can just go there physically and go see it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I wonder if it would have had the same kind of impact if it had happened, like, in the water. Because, like, I imagine the water would have absorbed a lot of the impact. I don't know. Interesting. Um, That's an interesting thing to think about. So, for what it's worth, just in case you were wondering, uh, it is assumed that the uh, collision of this asteroid uh, released about um, 100 million megatons of TNT worth of energy, (laughs) or over about a billion times the energy in the atomic bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So, So, very, very, very big energy. Super, super big. Essentially created like a nuclear winter, but without nuclear power. Just like with wow. a fucking huge, huge explosion. And yeah, just everything what a died. bummer. So it's a combination oh. of like fire, shockwaves, nuclear winter, and floods that just like destroyed all the dinosaurs. Ugh, such a bummer for them. They were doing such, you know, they were T-Rexes. They were doing such they a good job. They were doing cool work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like at their, at their moment of highest fulfillment, at their apotheosis, the T-Rex, yeah. the Triceratops rolling around, and then boom, out of nowhere. And it just goes to show, like, this could happen again. This cool. <laughs> we could be hit by a big space rock. Hey, maybe we'll do an episode about space rocks at some point because the science on that is actually complicated. Um, depending on who you ask, we either are or aren't overdue for an asteroid because it seems like they happen every 50, 60 million years. Um, 
And also, depending on who you ask, we could probably detect it coming and do something about it before it got Yeah, in. that's so, what I was going to say. We, could, we yeah. could probably at least detect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the current theory is, like, if we detected it early enough, we reckon we'd be able to do something about, like, a big rock like this. But anyway, maybe we'll do Sorry. an episode about that at some point. So, reason to think we won't go the way of the dinosaurs, perhaps. I love it. I'm very into that idea. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode about dinosaurs. I hope you've learned something. I <sighs> certainly learned a lot, and I had so I much fucking fun. So much. What a roller coaster. I'm also really glad you didn't tell me about this in advance. Like, this has just been yeah. an emotional journey for me. Yeah, I mean, this was a fun one, hey. Like, I feel like this was just, yeah. like, just joyful like i just you know usually these episodes sometimes they end on a bit of a downer we almost did there with the with the you know earth being destroyed but i think this is a great one this is really fun this one's uh you know i I recommend this one to to a friend or loved one and hey if you want to recommend this one to a friend or loved one please do that go ahead and share the podcast with a friend tell them about it uh in addition to leaving us a rating or a review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening remember our competition if you want to leave us an apple podcast review with an episode suggestion you can win 50 god damn australian dollars um check us out on social media we're at curio network on everything or we're at principalcast on twitter uh you can engage with us there or you can follow me personally at dr bt McAllister. and i'm at science taren yeah i think that's all the housekeeping we had to get out of the way um thanks for listening you're the best as always and well taren we end this show the same way every time so uh until next time stay uncertain Woo! <laughs> Do you do that?